Hello, everyone. I'm Emily Dixon. I'm this month's host for The Commentarians, and I'm here with Amanda Martinez Beck. And we're here to talk over your movie. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to The Commentarians. Is this Prairie Home Companion? Husband Bulge is now a part of my permanent vocabulary. <laughs> I saw a squirrel. I am going to point out real quick, this to me is like the most disturbing scene in the entire movie. Stop listening right now and go watch Firefly. Hey, this is my podcast. I'm sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> we are saying that not only have we been wounded, we survive, and there's a God who heals of these wounds. Jesus isn't about the isms. Uh, he's about his kingdom. Because it is kind of like this idea that Jesus died for all of our sins, except when you had sex. And Jesus doesn't cover that. Well, Amanda, we are thrilled to have you, and you've been doing some fun projects lately, most notably a book. And That's right. I would love to hear more about you and your book before we jump into this movie. And I also want to hear why this movie, because you picked it out for us this month. And mm-hmm. so kind of give us a little context for why we're doing this one and who you are. So I am a size dignity activist, which is a kind of sanitized way of saying that I um, advocate for people in non-conforming bodies. So fat bodies, um, mostly because I am a fat woman. I use the word fat as a neutral descriptor for my body. Part of the reason um, the activism I do can also be called fat acceptance, but people get really uncomfortable when you use that Mm -hmm. F word to talk about bodies. And so um, in a faith context, I call myself a size dignity activist. I act, I advocate for people of all sizes to be treated with dignity. Um, I just launched my first book in December. It's called Lovely, How I Learned to Embrace the Body God Gave Me. And it's 10 short chapters of how to reframe the way that we think about bodies, specifically in the church. Um, I know that growing up, Um, I grew up Protestant, now I'm Catholic, and so I've kind of been in both of those worlds of how do people in church handle bodies. And I realize that a lot of us think about bodies in a dualistic way. Mm. Um, We think the the flesh is bad and the spirit is good, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Even so far as hearing a pastor of mine call his body his flesh can, as though it were a piece of trash or like just a just a container as opposed to um, an integrated incarnational whole. Um, Jesus is fully God and fully man. And he, he is our, um, as the savior, he is, uh, has a body still in heaven. <laughs> now that's a and, really great point. I think we forget about so often uh, in the church and I, I've seen that attitude you're talking about. So I am with you <laughs> 100% right there. Yeah. And people get um, into big cycles of negativity about their bodies because we have, we have been raised to think that perfection is the standard, right? We need to be a certain size, whether we're female or male. Um, men tend to be encouraged to be strong and big and women tend to be encouraged to be weak and small. <laughs> and um, I am neither weak nor small. <laughs> and um, I have just uh, wanted to provide a resource for people. So I have my book and it's available on Amazon. 
Um, but also I, I run a group on Facebook called all bodies are good bodies. And it's a, a size neutral, weight neutral place to talk about bodies and the problems we have with them and how we learn to stand up for ourselves and advocate for ourselves with medical providers, um, in, in job interviews in fashion in all sorts of ways. And, and I've got to be a part of that group. And one of the things I have noticed, like there is absolutely no judgment whatsoever. Mm. And the conversations, even when they're dealing with negative topics or negative treatment of one person from another, the the topic might be negative, but the feedback is always very, very positive. And that's been something I've appreciated. Well, I'm really uh, thankful to hear that. I have a wonderful team of admins that help me. And I it is just a really great place to be <laughs> in a body uh, in a digital landscape because people can be really cruel. <laughs> um, yes. I, I have a podcast also called Fat and Faithful. And, you know, you just get feedback from people who are unkind. So we're there for solidarity purposes. <laughs> and we all need that. Whatever yeah. issue you're dealing with, whether it's size or money or whatever, we, we've got to have somebody on our side because it gets lonely really quick, even though we have a million voices screaming at us. Yeah. And one thing I'm, that we'll talk about while we watch the movie is there are two aspects um, to deal with when you find yourself in a non-conforming body. One, you, are, you feel negativity from our culture. And then two, it's actually, there's a hostile environment. So it's, um, it's not just perception, but also reality of how fat bodies are free to move in the world. So, Okay. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting topic for me. And I, I, you and I got to talk a little bit before we started filming or recording. Uh, don't film these. We just record them. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is kind of outside my typical topics that, uh, that I deal with. And, I, and, you know, we can't all cover them all. But so having these conversations... I'm having to learn how to listen more and I'm having to learn how to pay attention to what's going on around me more because I, I'm oblivious. I mean, I, I am one of those people. <laughs> I, I really am. So I need to own that. And so I look forward to being educated as we go through this movie. And, I, you know, we even talked about uh, this is not my typical genre. Most of our listeners know I do horror movies a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> girly movies are not my thing. Uh, so this is going to be a whole new adventure for me <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, uh, I really wasn't even familiar with Amy Schumer's work. And by the way, I don't think we've even, uh, mentioned the, uh, title of the movie this month. Oh, we're watching, no. I feel pretty with Amy Schumer. And, mm -hmm. um, I had to actually go get the movie and watch it for the first time in preparation for this episode. <laughs> so this is. This is going to be a fun episode, and I think we're going to get to hear a lot from you because you're just much more educated on this than I ever have been. And <laughs> I, But I love the fact that you're willing to share because I think so often when we have a personal struggle, um, we shut down. We, we don't talk about it. We, we try to you know, keep quiet, particularly in Christian circles as women, keep quiet, don't make waves, and it'll be okay. And, you know, for me, that area of my life, that was the whole sexual dimension and the abuse dimension with my ex-husband. So, you know, I think a lot of the things I've seen you do kind of reflect some of the things I went through 
it's just in a different arena. And yeah, I think that, and, and because the locus is the body, right? Mm -hmm. We can't get away from that. And so your, you know, your work with scandalous definitely dovetails. I mean, not even dovetails, like (laughs) overlaps, integrates like a big spaghetti bowl of um, who we know, like when we know our bodies are good, it just changes sex and sexuality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, that's a theme in the movie too. And uh, they deal with it in some some humorous and very informative ways. So uh, why don't we go ahead and we'll uh, start, get ready to watch the movie. Now, the way we typically do this is I'm going to do a countdown and it's going to be three, two, one, play, and we'll hit play together. And that way everybody um, can either just listen to Amanda and I have this conversation, or if you want to watch the movie with us, uh, now's the time to pause uh, the podcast and get your movie queued up. So Amanda, are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. And I've got the earth receding into the distance. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I have the earth receding into the distance. So I got Universal uh, Studios logo there. And uh, now we're at Tang. The drink of astronauts. Okay, different thing. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, randomness is, is the uh, the uh, lingua franca. Franca, uh, for, uh, forget that. We'll have Nathan edit that out. Forget it. So I now have. We're now going into. I've got blurry people walking around. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm with you. Awesome, and we get our first glimpse of Amy there. Now I was surprised that they chose her. Because tell me more about that. I, I don't see her as a plus size actress. I mean, I know she's not a size zero, but I actually looked up her size for this. That was the one thing I was curious. She's my size. I mean, huh. yeah, she's my size. So I don't see her as yeah. being a big woman at all. I mean, it's delusion yeah, on my part. <laughs> no, no, she's not. I think I think she wears a size six, which um, is, I mean, she might even be a four. I, um, in this I movie, I, th- I saw a size 14 was what I saw. A 12 to 14 it was oh. what I read. So, okay. Hey, cool. I'm, <laughs> I, I can't remember. I, so in, in the work that I do, I don't focus on size, mm-hmm. um, in the like clothing size. I'm usually helping people get accessibility to like size 28 to 32. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um, I don't remember sizes anymore. <laughs> I used to be obsessed with it, but it, it changes. Um, yeah, she's definitely not a plus size. Um, although current um, perceptions, I mean, right now we're on the screen and she's sitting next to um, Mallory is the character's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember. It's like. Yeah, she's built like my daughter. Ross. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, the supermodel. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know she's comparing her tummy size. Um, one thing I noticed here, she's kind of walking through the bikes, mm-hmm. and there's not there's not enough room for her to uh, get there. Like, and if I tried to, <laughs> if I tried to get on one of those bikes in the middle of that room, I would just not be able to. Yeah, I can't. Even for me, that would be intimidating, and, and because. 
it, you, there's a sense that you have to look perfect in order to be there. And of course, we have our first, uh, the bike falls apart. <laughs> and, oh, and totally oh, gets her in the crotch. Dang. Oh, I cringed. I cringed. And I have stories that I could tell uh, that I won't because they're not mine to tell. But um, <laughs> if oh. you haven't done that, let me just say that hurts in ways that. Yeah, and of course, she does have the hot pink underwear under the blue yeah, pants. Yeah, she split her pants. <laughs> oh, and she's walking away. So they didn't, it wasn't spent too much time on, but she fell and hurt her bum pretty bad. And then the guy, there was a guy in the class, and he turns to the supermodel and is like, are you okay? Because she had to push past to get out of the bike. Like, oh. she didn't even fall, but nobody really asked if she was Okay. Yeah, everybody just kind of plays it off like it's, we didn't notice, we didn't, but do you ever wonder if, because when I saw that, I thought, what would I do if I was somebody else on a bike and I saw that happen, would my reaction be compassion or would I think, oh, I'm drawing more attention to them? And Oh, that, man, I, <laughs> I want someone to be like, oh my gosh, are you okay? <laughs> but I don't mind being the center of attention. That's one of my features of my personality. So. See, because I would be like, no, no, just just ignore me. It didn't happen. We're going to go hide in the corner. <laughs> so. <laughs> so she's been in front of her mirror right now watching um, a hair tutorial and not rocking it. Now, like, this <laughs> I can identify with. Like, hands down, those YouTube t- tutorials never work for me. Oh, here's another scene. Um, she's at a like a boutique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's in LA and the shop helper comes up and says, um, are you shopping for someone else? Because we don't carry your size here. And, and like, I how cringed. isolating is that? Yeah. I, I cringed when I heard, I'm like, okay, I would have just sat on her. I mean, <laughs> that, was, that was my, my thought I'm like no <laughs> you don't don't do that <laughs> oh it's hard. so I grew up um in kind of uh my my dad's a doctor and so we we would go into stores like that and we visited big cities and I there was never anything in my size and you just feel like hey do we use bad language on this podcast we kind of keep it pg-13 so. okay <laughs> you know f-bombs feel- <laughs> okay I would just feel like crap Oh yeah, you're fine. Um, you know, <laughs> cra- when you haven't, well, I, I corrected myself. <laughs> so yeah. Um. <laughs> so she's walking, um, looking at herself in the mirror. She looks super cute, man. I hate it when mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you're you're tearing yourself down, but that is a really cute outfit. <laughs> well, you know, but I think every woman does that. Yeah. I I think that is just something that we're taught from our early, early age that we're supposed to be so fully aware of our flaws and then fix them. And I want to buy her a new bra here because most of us wear the wrong size bra and she's guilty. Okay. Um, (laughs) That's the first thing we can do to, uh, you want to improve in parents' confidence, the way we, you physically feel, get the right size bra. Okay. That's one of my little soapboxes (laughs) because. No. And so from my perspective, it's really hard to find the right size bra. Um, See, I'm an odd shot. Uh, the guys are going to love this. I'm an odd size. And so I get that. And ordering online, nothing's consistent. 
Right. And then if you do find the right size, they want a hundred dollar bill for it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So she's um, walking to her Chinatown office, which is in a literal basement. Um, She works for makeup giant Lily LeClaire. And their avenue, their um, main offices are on like Fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. but because she does their online stuff marketing, um, she is in a literal basement with the guy who runs all the servers. And you understand why he's in the basement. I mean, there is no doubt why he belongs in a basement. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, weird and not social and not a typically attractive person. And he's in a larger body, a much larger body than her. And see, and what I took away from him was that he was borderline creepy in some of the scenes coming up. And, Absolutely. Like, and so that that's my big thing with him. It's like, <laughs> oh, but no, put some pants on. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's real creeps, creepster to the max. And she's like so cute. I, I want her whole wardrobe. And her side of the office is like, adorbs well and you can see that she's putting some effort into creating something beautiful around her uh-huh. and he is not he he's he's okay with the clutter and like there's paper wadded up on his desk and and she's got everything in the tiffany blue and it's like yeah i i could absolutely i could work there even if it was a basement yeah i mean the the thing is um so isolation like when we saw inaccessibility when she couldn't get her size shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we saw inaccessibility when she couldn't um, get to her bike. I mean, she fell and hurt mm-hmm. herself. And we see isolation um, because she is literally in a basement. And then we'll see in, um, we've seen it already at the counter when she was getting her shoes, but she's invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, because of her size. At least that's how it's portrayed in the movie. So she has two best friends played by A.D. Bryant and Busy Phillips. Um, Busy Phillips has a conforming body. A.D. Bryant is pretty pretty fat for Hollywood. Um, and I've seen her in several things. I, I... AD, yeah, A.D. Bryant. She just um, actually this week released um, a new show on Hulu called Shrill based on yes. Wendy West memoir. Lindy West is a fat activist and I'm really excited to watch it. So that looked so interesting. And that's, like I said, not typically my, my genre. Uh, I, I don't like inspiring true uh, stories. I don't want any more reasons to feel guilty for sitting on the couch. And, but that looked interesting. <laughs> so, you know, if, if everybody's being killed by zombies, then sitting on the couch is a good option. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. so um, that's really funny. Um, she and her friends are trying to take a photo of themselves for group dating purposes. And they're like, how do we present ourselves so that we're attractive um, and people want to click on our picture? Which, who doesn't have that? I don't know. Maybe, Emily, you don't when you post pictures. But uh, I'm happily married and I'm still like, oh, I'm not cute in my pictures. Oh, no. I, I hate doing selfies. I've been told that we need to be doing more of them to promote our stuff. And I'm, I just can't do it. I was so thrilled when I was like, oh, we're all only recording audio this week. Great. I can come in my <laughs> thermal shirt and my hair in the clippy. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So, yeah. No, my sister, on the other hand, she's the selfie queen. So, yeah. She she doesn't get that. But I, I this whole scene cracked me up because 
if there were three of me trying to take this photo, no, it never would have happened. I love the little pep talk here. <laughs> that yeah. May or may not have worked. So, and you know, what is a fun <laughs> picture? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> she's just not enjoying herself. She's not comfortable in her body, which makes a difference in pictures. It, and she's getting more comfortable. Well, alcohol, you know, helps everything. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, you can you can definitely see the progression. And there's that moment that it kind of clicks for him that you can see. But they had to work to get there. And why do we have to work so hard? And uh, Mason and his blue checked boxers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mason is the guy she works with. Um. The server's down. There's a crisis that's going to propel her out of her little basement. It's like the contractions have started and she's going to be birthed into the real world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, you know, and this is one of the things that that I did love about uh, her character here is the fact that there is a crisis. I'm going to deal with it. And she, you know, it takes her a little bit to, to get there. But she does get there. And I think so often we think that that initial reaction is the one that we should go with. And she, we don't work ourselves through all of the, the steps in the process to overcome that initial doubt and fear. And so, and I do, you have to love it about Mason that he, he, he does talk her through this. And so I, I think in some ways we do need a Mason like that in our lives. <laughs> but, yeah. Can he have pants? <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, let's let him have pants. I don't know if you watch the Goldbergs. No. On, okay. It's on ABC, but the dad doesn't wear pants. He walks in the door, takes his pants off, and it's uncomfortable because <laughs> you're like, men men should always be wearing pants, really. Yeah, my husband doesn't get to walk around the house like that. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the main character's name we know is Renee, which is, I'm a name freak. Okay. And Renee means new birth, like a renaissance. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the word in Spanish to be born is nacer. And so renacer to be born again. Awesome. Um, and so I was definitely watching with her name to see, Oh, is this intentional? I haven't found any details saying it is intentional, but I think she is like, birthing it's a birth thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no that's that's a really good uh a, a really good point out there because i i do i'm with you on the names it, and we get our first view here of the ceo and head of the makeup foundation and i think it's interesting how her struggle comes into play as how it kind of comes out that that even though she looks perfect there's other things that are holding her back so, yeah, um, one thing that um, fat activists had somewhat of an issue with is, you know, we mentioned before that um, Amy Schumer is not actually fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, who gets to decide who is fat? So I use something called the chair test, which is when you go into a public space, you have to be concerned about whether you'll fit in the chair for public seating. Okay. And if, if you've never had to think about that, 
then you're probably not fat. Um, and I've lived in both size bodies and all, all the size bodies up to the one I'm in now. And I'm what you call a super fat, which means it's really hard to clothe a body like mine. Um, also hard to sit in public seating. And so um, there's a temptation in Hollywood to have a movie like this that has a body positive message, but it still doesn't include bodies that don't fit in in society. So it has a great feel good message. Like, you know, bodies are, everyone has their own struggle. Things are going good. Um, we can work together. But only if you're only, only if you're fat to this point, but not any further. Yeah. Only if you're a size 12, <laughs> um, which is still very easy to fit at a target, which I say, they're I think talking that- about. The average size right now, twelve or fourteen, uh, for the American I, woman. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sixteen. And that's I. I wouldn't either. I think it's when you throw people like my two kids into the mix that they're zeros and double zeros, and mm-hmm. without even trying. And you know, uh bless their yeah, you know, bless their hearts. They got those genes. Um, so <laughs> and it and it largely is genetic. I don't think people understand how much. If everybody ate the same and moved the same, our bodies would still look wildly different. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Because even though my daughters, it's funny, they're double zeros. Uh, I've got one who's uh, tall and one who, and she appears very slim, but I have mm-hmm. one who's significantly shorter. Uh, I call her my Shetland pony because I'm <laughs> her mama and I can get away with it. Uh, everybody else beware. But uh, you know, and she doesn't have that same kind of willowy look. And mm-hmm. I watched the two of them. You know, that was all genetics that gave those different appearances. And like I said, technically the same size, but it's just yeah. a matter of height. So all of that comes into play. And I I do love this this little thing here at the the drugstore cosmetics because this is how I buy my makeup. Um, uh-huh. we, we want to go to the drugstore and I love, uh, I guess it's further on that she begins to talk about the anonymity, uh, factor. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I, and I, you know, I've had this experience in stores too, where people just assume that one person must work there or the guy's acting like, oh, I'm going to pretend like I think you work here. And he is a, the stereotypical Bless his heart. I don't have a nice word for him uh, because he is very much what I have dealt no, with in retail. Yeah, like literally ignoring that there's a human. And he's like, he's being so rude to her. And he still think he has a chance with the other girl. I, and I, that's what I'm just like going. Wait, wait a minute. Do you not get a clue? I mean, I, I don't know. I. Men frustrate me, but we <laughs> we won't go off on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because I actually, when I worked in retail and, uh, you know, I dealt with the public every day, uh, you know, I saw that guy a lot. I, I, I saw him and if he thought someone was faintly attractive, they were all over it and you know, the, the nicest person in the world could be sitting right next to him and they didn't care. And I saw this bartender too. So I got to see a lot of these dynamics, relationship dynamics at play and to see how people determine who they're going to talk to is very fascinating. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's it is. So I'm super friendly. Um, I've never met a stranger, and people always think I'm flirting with them. <laughs> um, yes, and so I I never really had the chance to be ignored. <laughs> um, but um, but when I talk to women in non-conforming bodies, they talk about how it feels like nobody sees them. Um, you know, and I have had friends on both ends of the spectrum. I've had the supermodel friend who felt like they weren't seen. And I've seen the women in the non-conforming bodies who were such a presence that when they walked into a room, you couldn't ignore them. And you all you saw was kind of the light that surrounded them because that's just how big their personality was. And yeah, the. The so this we'll get to this. I mean, we have a lot of time to talk. So she's <laughs> she's watching Big right now. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks's younger person is um like making a wish, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna make a wish to be thin or attractive or whatever." Did okay? I had a question because when I when I saw this the first time, one of the things I wondered did comparing this to a little boy's wish from a vending machine basically kind of trivialize her desires yeah i it's it's you know the people who wrote the movie were looking to subvert the the romance like the romantic comedy plot mm-hmm. uh, genre and so there's definitely a lot of pulling on the tropes like making wishes and she's now wishing on her compact like She's like pulling her compact out to see, oh, did it really happen? It didn't. Um, I, I think it's trivial. I think trivializing is a good way to put it. I also think that it's, it's saying, man, she just, she is wishing for the impossible mm-hmm. um, that her body could change and be desirable um, in the way that people say is desirable. Okay. Oh. So our, I think I might be a few seconds ahead of you. Um, is she in the, the spin class? <laughs> she's in the spin class. And you know, see the woman that's there, um, the leader of the spin uh-huh. class? So that, her name is, oh, geez, now I've forgotten. I think it's Angela Davis, Angela Davis. And she um, does run some Soul Cycles class. And she's a Christian. Um, or kind of generic faith person. She does motivational speaking mixed with exercise. I was actually at a conference where she did her, one of her little spiels, like she just gave Renee. Um, and when I saw her, I was like, I've seen this woman before. Is she getting all pumped up? And then she slips. And her hair gets caught up in the, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So I've had, uh, yeah, I've had hair down to my waist most of my life. And um, yeah, that's, that just, the whole scene made me just want to go crawl under the couch. (laughs) Don't pull my hair. And they are so ready just to get rid of her. Yeah, because she has no social capital, right? So when you walk into a store and you don't look like you have a lot of money to spend, people aren't going to talk to you. That's financial capital. Mm-hmm. Um, when you walk into a store and you don't have a lot of social capital, it's because, like if you're fat or 
um, I don't know. There's all sorts of ways that you could not have social capital. If you look too much like the redneck coming in off the farm yeah. or, yeah. It's a power dynamic. There's so uh, much power happening here. Okay, so she's just had this miraculous transformation of how she sees her body. I kept waiting for the visual effects, honestly, at this point, when I first saw it, because I walked into this movie knowing nothing. And I kept waiting okay. <laughs> for some kind of, you know, I don't CGI or something. Yeah. And not realizing the message of the movie right off. I felt a little stupid afterwards. <laughs> no, I thought there might be some as well. I didn't have, I knew more about it going in than you did. And I still thought there was going to be a change. But honestly, this is me after a workout. One workout. I'm super toned. <laughs> don't you see that? <laughs> I'm I was really peeved that the only um actress of color is a jerk. <laughs> like Tasha is mm -hmm. the name of the manager. And she just she is giving no compassion for her. She just hit her head and now she thinks she's like mentally disturbed. <laughs> well, I've gotta be honest. I, I would probably think she was mentally disturbed too, but I would probably be willing to yeah. get her to a hospital at this point. And of course, I know, you know, I've worked for corporations and things and you, you just don't do that. And yeah, it's like, please go home and forget it happened here. So, so um, in fact, fat acceptance activism, we talk about like fat jokes. And when when Amy Schumer is like feeling all over her body, mm -hmm. <laughs> like. Um, look at this amazing body. Why is it humorous? And we stop to ask the question. Oh, that's good. Why is it funny that she's, um, that this is funny to us? Like, why, why are we laughing at this? And it's because we know we have an understanding culturally that she does not have the body she thinks she has. And so we can laugh at her from this perspective. I was just really sad at how excited she was, you know, like, She's a beautiful person. Well, and you know, there's uh, other shoes going to drop at some point. And, and, and so we yeah. are, we already know that as, as a viewer that there's going to have to come this point where she has to realize nothing did change, but her perspective, which I, I understand that's, you know, that's the big message of the movie uh, is what's your perspective. But I, I get that, you know, I have to ask, are we, are we laughing at her because we think that she's fat or are we laughing at her because she's not in on the joke with us? Mm, yeah. Um, and the distinction between um, is, the, is a joke about being fat made by a fat person. And that is all up for grabs here because is she really fat? <laughs> well, it, you know, but there's so many jokes that fall under that category. Um, you know, I, I sometimes tell Irish jokes and I tell Native American jokes, but I'm Irish and Native American. Mm -hmm. I can get by with that. I'm also glow in the dark white if you just look at me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I tell jokes about that, too. Um, and that's where do we draw that line? And wh what is OK for me to say that isn't OK for you to say? And I, I think that's a huge conversation. And I don't think it's just about weight anymore. It's about race. It's about socioeconomics. It's politics. I, you name it. There's this whole thing out in our society right now about who's allowed to have the conversation. 
and discrediting people for wanting to be involved in the conversation. Yeah. And part of the, there's so much grace. People can get really scared about talking about different things. And I think if you approach people with humility and questions Mm -hmm. like that, I don't know all the answers I want to have. I want to understand this more. That's really Mm -hmm. important. Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell people if, if I don't know the answer, we'll go look for one together. But let's, yeah. let's let's have the you you know this from Scandalous that it's about the conversation. It's not about having all the answers. It's about having the conversation, and that's one of the reasons why we do the commentarians because the conversation, in my opinion, is so much more important than consensus. Because once we have consensus, the conversation stops, and then nobody's learning anything. And okay, and the yeah the nine hundred two one zero tat on the oh my god. <laughs> So Renee is at a bar with her friends and she's trying, she thinks she looks completely different. She's trying to prove it that she's actually Renee. And so she's sharing all of these secrets. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's a chance to be beautiful. That's what she was given. And her friends, you got to love them. You can't tell if they're just playing along or. Uh, just totally dismissing her because they are that good of a friend. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You're being silly again. We're just going to roll with it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I had that t-shirt in seventh grade, by the way, the rainbow t-shirt, the rainbow <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, AD Bryant. I love AD Bryant. <laughs> and, this this is one of the the conversations where you begin to really see how in doubt she was about her body before this. And I think it's really, it's highlighted by how positive she is now versus yeah. the things that weren't said previously. Yeah. Now she's about to walk up to a bar. Very Oh, we didn't see it, but I imagine she went up very confidently and didn't. Uh, have to think, wonder if someone's watching her. Oh, this is like the best scene in the whole movie. Well, one of them. She's at a dry cleaner and she has her number. And <laughs> no, I love this. This was like, oh to me, gosh. this was one of the funniest. And I have to ask okay, yes, she's intriguing, but do we really go out with people who lie <laughs> that we know are lying? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, it's, yeah. it's, I have to like okay Emily just watch the movie go with it <laughs> I know <laughs> but I do he is just adorable I, I forget his name now but he is yeah just he a, is through the whole Rory yeah Rory Skelko or something like that it's like I want to just be friends with him and see what he does on a normal day I, I he he kind of that character kind of intrigues me and so, and the fact that she is just so convinced that he is hitting on her. And yeah, but he's taken with it. Like, he's very like, um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I never could figure out if he actually consented to go out with her or if he just got swept up in the, the sheer force of nature she is. At yeah, this I don't, point, <laughs> I think he did. 
But I, uh, yeah. This is one of the things like in, on the scandalous side of things that whenever I talk to, to women, a lot of times for me, it really is about how do you present yourself? It's not about size. It's not about fashion even, or, you know, be clean. Okay. I'm all for that. Always be clean. But at the same time, it really is about that, that confidence to step out there, smile and, you know, to head up, shoulders back. And it's amazing how, how far that will take you. And I think that's one of the things we're seeing here is she, it's just like water off a duck's back at this point, his doubt, his hesitation, where I think she would have been really sensitive to that, you know, a few scenes before. And here it's like, oh, he's just overwhelmed by me. And, and this kind of got me thinking, too. It's like, OK, how many times have I walked in a situation and go, man, I rock that. And the people are going, <laughs> she's just crazy. What's wrong with her? <laughs> So I didn't walk away feeling good from this movie at all. It shook my core confidence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I I went so I went to see this movie with my husband Zachary and then one of my best friends named AJ. So both men and oh my gosh, I didn't even know the screen says you are invisible cuz oh. no one has looked at their Oh, I didn't see that. And they're really bummed because no one's looked at their profile. Oh. But th this really does go to the whole online dating. I did some of it back in my single days. Matter of fact, my 34th birthday, that was my birthday present to myself, was the online dating uh, to eHarmony. E and uh, I got the um, you know hours of filling out their survey. And it came back, we have no available matches for you at this time. And mm. I was devastated. And I'm like, it's a freaking nationwide database and nobody wants me. I'm not good enough. And my brother, being ever supportive, mm. says, well, it's actually global. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I met Ty shortly after this. But yeah, uh, online dating, dating period. Brutal, brutal. Oh, I'm so thankful that I am not currently dating. <laughs> uh, I, not enough money in the world. But mm. you said you saw this movie with two two guys. What were their oh, reactions? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, we got... Yeah. No, it's fine. We. So I went in to write um, a review of the movie for Christ and Pop Culture Online, which is how you and I know each other. Exactly. Yes. From the members group there. And so I went in to write a review, but I didn't want to go by myself. And I guess my mom babysat my kids. I've got four little kids. and um, <laughs> They'll keep you busy. <laughs> yes, indeed. And so we went to the movie and I was going in like I had read all the negative reviews because fat acceptance advocates didn't really take kindly to the movie because it doesn't actually deal with fat bodies. Mm -hmm. um, except for Amy Bryant. She's just the best friend. <laughs> right, right. She's still a bit um, part. Right. Um, and so I went in really kind of skeptical and it charmed me and I did, I wasn't comfortable with that. I mm. was like, I, where, where's my activist cred, right? <laughs> I, I was, my heart, it doesn't help that the, like that her love interest looks a lot like my husband. 
um, mm-hmm. with the beard and kind of the mild manner and, um, her spunkiness in her, I guess, delusion <laughs> of what she is, um, is similar to how I'm just, I go through life. Like I'm here and talk to me <laughs> and, um, yeah, there's just some scenes that were so touching. And I, I walked out of the movie being like, okay, well, that didn't suck. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, I talked earlier about the inaccessibility, mm-hmm. um, isolation and invisibility. And so there are definitely issues with the plot. Right now she's talking to two, like Michelle Williams um, is uh, Avery LeClaire and she's a CEO. And then Naomi Campbell, a supermodel. Mm-hmm. And she's convincing them to hire her. Like that takes guts. I would say balls, but she's a woman, and they don't transfer <laughs> normally. So, not typically. But no, I, I, <laughs> but I think that's what makes this endearing. Is we see uh, there's uh, the great Jewish word chutzpah. Uh, yeah. it, it means uh, sovereignty without the crown. And she just, she has that. And I think that's what wins the day in the movie. And I think as for her character and for her as an actress to win us and the audience over to her side uh, and to be charmed, even though we may not want to be charmed by everything that's going on. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting how she's like... (laughs) She wants so much to be in the in crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, she just walked in on Mason going to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is her. I, I, I think this scene is kind of, it, it kind of typifies <laughs> the, the oblivion that she's walking in right now. And I, I, I do think the scene was almost necessary to show that this is, She's so in her own head at this point that she notices nothing. Oh, my gosh. I'm so uncomfortable (laughs) for him. Yeah, I was the whole time is I was watching this actually with Nathan and and my sister-in-law, his wife. And I'm just like, shut up. Go away. Stop. (laughs) Oh. Oh, he's so vulnerable. Okay. And now there's Alicia Keys playing in the background. This girl is on mm-hmm. fire. Now, I don't know if you are familiar with Alicia Keys. Not um, super. No. I'm... Okay. So I re- my husband likes her music a lot. She's very talented. But I only know her from The Voice, which um, she's been a coach on that show with the singing competition. Uh-huh. And she doesn't wear makeup anymore. And so I think it was really interesting that they put um, an Alicia Keys song on wh- while she's walking into a job at a makeup firm. <laughs> that, yeah, I never would have known that at all. And because, yeah, I, I'm one of those people, it's I'm art and music and everything is a product to me. And I don't want to know who's producing it. I just want to know if the product's good. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really weird that way. And so I, I have to have people who, who, tell me things like this to bring it back home for me <laughs> so yeah and I love the fact here's the other thing even though she she's won this this job through sheer chutzpah and 
but she's good at it. She's she really is. She's able to get this position and do well in it because she is good at it. it it's not she got it and we should just feel sorry for her and allow her to keep it. But she really yeah. does rock it out. And that that makes me happy. And her chutzpah is catching the eye of Avery LeClaire's brother, Grant, I who's love, a playboy. Yes. And I love this actor here, actually, because he's in the Umbrella Academy, uh, not to be confused with the Umbrella Corporation, two totally different things. So uh, my horror movie friends will get that. Wait, who does he play in the Umbrella Academy? Um, oh, he's the, the leader? Yeah. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't made that connection. We just started watching that show. I, I'm actually enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, yeah. So I, I love you. Know, we're all movie and TV junkies around here. So, but yeah, that's always fun to see the nice little crossovers because this is a different character for him than, than that series. And uh, I love the way she just melts here. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's too cute. She sells it 100% that she is smitten, but she still pulls it back together and remembers her game plan. And I think that's huge that. And yeah, she noticed him. I think so. He noticed she had his special drink ready and she's extending hospitality to him. And that's one of the things I really talked about is offering hospitality to my own body enables me to offer hospitality to those around me. And I don't just mean like coffee hour at church on Sunday, but embracing the people around me for who they are, because I'm comfortable in who I am. That's good. That's really good because I, I think that's really, I know you, it seems so often, you know, on the surface, it, lo- it sounds like we deal with very different parts of the uh, femininity, if you will. Uh, but yeah. I, you know, that was something I had to relearn after my mm. abusive marriage was the value of my body and being okay with my body. And yes, the scene that's just painful. <laughs> and can that skirt be any shorter? I, oh, I just, I know. <laughs> I couldn't move in that skirt. I, I, I yeah, I, I, cringeworthy all the way around. So I, I just, uh, oh, yeah. And now that's me, the bumping into and trying <laughs> to fix it, making it worse. Uh, Lucille Ball and I probably could have been related. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> But yeah, so learning how to be comfortable in our bodies, I, I think that unless you kind of have something that pushes you to make that journey and to really find that place of comfort and, and security, I don't know if you're going to be willing to do it. I, I, I think there kind of almost has to be a traumatic event to, to push you there. And I could be wrong, but I hope yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, we... We'd love it if that was just the standard, right? To know that all bodies are good bodies and that you are good in your body. Um, to learn that from, I mean, the the people you grew up around. <laughs> we've, we've, and I'm sorry, maybe I, I missed what you were saying because I was like watching her be really awkward. <laughs> no, no, I mean. For me, it, it, like I said, I, you know, I was 
a pretty self-assured person until I, my first marriage with my ex-husband mm. was uh, an abusive jerk and who told me I was never going to be sexually des- desirable, um, who mm. proved that, um, you know, uh, pornography was preferable to, to me. Uh, and that was, I mean, it devastated my self-image. And so for me, you talked about going through a Protestant background into a Catholic background. I went back and I made this whole weird journey of faith that would take too long to recount. But a lot of it encompassed uh, a more Jewish idea. And uh, that dualism idea where the flesh and the soul are so separate in Christianity actually is a Greek idea. In Judaism, that, that idea that we're the image of God and this deserves to be honored. This, this flesh can, as the, your pastor friend called it, or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's no, this is, this is the image of God and I need to be taking care of it as such. And that revolutionized the way I treated myself. And, you know, I still didn't do a good job, but anyhow, you know, it, it did take me from that place where, I felt I was a total failure as a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have, you know, I, I think that's one of the first things that it comes against us uh, as a human being, as a woman, is, is somehow we have failed. And whether it's to be, you know, in my case, it was sexually attractive enough. You've got to have the body conforming, uh, uh, you know, the body conforming. Yeah. Uh, can I say it right? But you know that <laughs> you know that's there's always some way that we have failed, or we're not working hard enough, we're not smart enough, and it's just it's painful. And I think so often we forget that there's not one aspect of the struggle that's less painful than any other aspect of the struggle. And so I think it's very easy, especially to look at people and go, "Oh, well, she's fat, and that's her own fault." And to have that kind of snobbery viewpoint. Hmm. And I think it's fostered by today's society. Because, you know, come on, Amanda, you just got to eat less and work out more. And that's going to fix everything. Yeah. And then you're going to be a supermodel too, right? And you can be happy. Yeah. (laughs) Not not going to (laughs) happen. Um, for so many reasons, but when we can see that our body's purpose is not perfection, but relationship, it just changes the game. And so in all things, sex and sexuality included, if we can see that I'm not looking to have like the perfect belly, like fat, Mm -hmm. belly fat free body, I'm, my body is here for relationship and um, not consumption. Yeah, I, I love okay. that. <laughs> so she's walking. She, <laughs> she saw she's on a date with Ethan. And she kind of forced him into this. He's the guy from the laundromat. And she's going to be in a wet T-shirt contest. Um, and he is so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is one of the parts of the movie where you talking about earlier, how it kind of won you over because you could identify with it. Uh-huh. This is me and my husband in this scene. <laughs> because yes. you know, I wrote Scandalous. It's all in your face. I talk a lot about sex and sexual issues. And this would be my, you know, basically her being in this contest is Scandalous. And him just kind of, I'm going to slink back off into the dark corner <laughs> and not acknowledge I'm with her. <laughs> 
so this this won me over uh, here on the scene. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't tell if he's uncomfortable for himself alone or if it because he knows that she's not going to win the wet t-shirt contest. He doesn't know how to tell her that. And I just, I would never participate in a wet t-shirt contest just because it's not my thing. But like, um, I would definitely do karaoke. Like right? I would get up there and be like, I'm going to sing and I'm going to win. And my husband would be like, please don't draw attention to me. <laughs> Well, like the whole flip flop scene that just happened, like that would be my my husband. Like, uh, why are you talking to me about this? Why? Why? I'm not gonna have any good input here. Yeah, this is, and just a little bit of trivia, and um, because my husband will never listen to this episode. By the way, uh, my husband did win a wet t shirt contest one time. Oh. Just so you know, only male entry, and he won it. Uh, so. <laughs> Now I'm going to tell him I told the story and he's going to figure out which episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Renee Bennett. Um, okay, so she comes out. She's like unbuttoned her pants. Nobody really knows what to do. <laughs> They're like, no, I'm here for the contest. And he is so embarrassed. And she's just taking it away. Yeah. I and I love the fact that she's got the confidence to do it, and yet there's a part of me going, "No, no, don't do it." And yeah, so, I, I wonder how often how often do we stop doing things that we would just enjoy that are harmless fun? Um, not sure a bikini contest is harmless fun, but yes, the principle. We're just going for the principle here. Uh, but our harmless fun and just we stop ourselves because we feel like we would look silly or stupid doing it and we're so worried I, 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 I know I've stopped myself from doing things that I should have just jumped on and yeah Nathan cringed uh, whenever we watched this together <laughs> when she threw the mic um, <laughs> I'm sorry this movie just this part she's doing a dance like <laughs> and he like winning the crowd over I know and they're like getting into it but I mean, that that is the thing that I when I see people dating and like I said I was a bartender um for a while and and it was she was the girl that all the guys wanted to talk to yeah. uh, not the skinny ones not the super pretty ones not the one with the fanciest nails and hair this was the gal that everybody wanted to hang out with and, and just because she was fun and so i i watched it night after night <laughs> this guy here <laughs> and she's flirting with the guy on the front of my body <laughs> gosh i just <laughs> She's gonna pour. Oh, she's got she's, guys. You have to. And then she pours. It's not even a wet t-shirt contest. She makes it a wet t-shirt, t-shirt contest. <laughs> Almost got this little flash dance kind of moment there, right? <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah!" And she's obviously the clown, the crowd favorite. 
uh, no doubt about it. And, you know, even her date, as um, hesitant as he was, uh, you can tell he he's cool with it now. And he, he's actually, he's been won over by it. Yeah. And you can see the concern that he has for her in that moment. And yeah, I love this little exchange here between the bar owner and her date. So Yeah. This is our first night out. Okay, I didn't ask for a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh everything's a podcast, don't you know? Uh, <laughs> the girl who won happens to be the god niece of the bar owner. <laughs> I I love this uh you know yeah who do you want next to you it's her she can handle herself in a knife fight yeah I mean, in a knife fight <laughs> girls that that's your measurement of value right there can you handle yourself in a knife fight <laughs> if we're gonna go for ridiculous standards how about we we do that one <laughs> right <laughs> oh and he's like so proud of her. And they get two free drinks and an appetizer. <laughs> hey, now I call that winning. In my world, that is <laughs> coconut shrimp. I'm yeah, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> and I love the way she just it's there there's gotta be that line now. Okay. I love the way it's not about her, and yet I also deal with a lot of people who it's never about them. Uh, so uh, finding that line of where do you have personal responsibility? And yeah. <laughs> Can I be you when I grow up? He asks her, um, have you seen on Netflix the movie Dumplin'? Yes. Yes, I have. I was actually going to ask you how you felt these two compared. So, um, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, there's a character named Aunt Lucy who just helps um, the main character be herself mm-hmm. and she's also in a fat body. And I, I want to be like aunt Lucy. Like I want to be a person who is completely comfortable in who I am, can help other people be comfortable, comfortable in who they are mm-hmm. and just be like fully inhabit their bodies. So, um, they're very different films. And I, um, I I liked aspects of both of them, but they both have this message of if you're confident, your life will be easy. And confidence is a big part of of life going easier. It's not mm-hmm. the whole thing. We need a lot more than just confidence. Right. But I do like both films. It, it it and well, and I think confidence is. It, it, I think so often with women, we're we're kind of discouraged. Uh, you know, wait for the man to show up and save you. Wait for somebody who's smarter. Wait for, you know, you you aren't qualified enough. You aren't pretty enough. What whatever it is, and I, I see that with women so often who who just they've been told their whole lives that they aren't good enough uh, for whatever reason. Yeah, and you know, and then you throw weight in there, and that's just one more thing to say you aren't worthy of love. You aren't worthy of my time and attention. And I think sometimes we kind of have to, to salt 
the the our audience a little bit. You know, you give them a little taste mm. of salt to get them, and that's what confidence does. And when we think we're worth it, then it's like, oh, well, may, maybe somebody else will think we're worth it. And that's, I mean, and it's a really hard line to 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 walk that confident that you know between confidence and pride, or confidence and arrogance, mm-hmm. and. I, I don't think we're taught how to to find that balance. Yeah, I know that I used to be really afraid of my gifts and of my confidence. To um, be afraid that I would slip into pride by promoting the things mm-hmm. I was good at. Like I love to sing. I'm a good writer. I'm mm-hmm. good at remembering. I used to be good at remembering people's names. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, not anymore because I've had four kids and it just. Your memory just goes. It really just goes. I never had to begin with, so at least you're going to get an excuse. (laughs) But um, I was reading Psalm 23 one time, and it said, I will fear no evil. I was like, huh. I don't have to be afraid of walking in pride if I'm asking God to keep me from pride. Mm. Right. Like, I, I can trust that he is able to speak to me. Um, in a way that I can understand if I'm like, Hey, I I don't want to be proud, but I want to, I don't want to be afraid. And I think we actually end up falling into pride if we fear pride. <laughs> no, that, that totally makes sense to me. I, I had never thought of, I hadn't put it in that equation or work the equation from that direction. Maybe is a good way to put it. Uh, but that totally makes sense to me. I'm just sitting here like my mouth is open because I'm like <laughs> flipping through things. Cause, yeah, because honestly, it was pride that kept me in an abusive marriage for so long. And it wasn't until I realized that it was pride that kept me there because I didn't want to be the divorced woman. You know, we you know how we all talk about that woman in church mm-hmm. um, that kept me in that place when I finally realized, no, this is not what God wanted for me. This was, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm worth more than this. I, 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 so when I finally released myself from the idea that perfection was required, then, and in my case, perfection was maintaining a marriage that obviously was not a marriage and um, staying in covenant with somebody who wasn't in covenant with me, then, uh, then I was able to, to turn loose. And God was, and except that God could protect me even in that situation. And so, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. I love the way you put, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) Do I still have you, Amanda? Hello? Hello? Oh, there you oh, are. There we are. Okay, I got you back. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know what happened. I was rambling on about how my brain was working. So where are you in the movie? Are we at picnic? Um, I am. Yeah, they're sitting on the picnic table. Okay. And they're talking about how he is kind of a girly man. And he goes to Zumba. And he to, she's like, to pick up girls? And he's like, no, I just go because I want to and she's just (laughs) yeah oh they're so cute well and there's so 
opposite in and even the gender roles in some ways in this movie I thought was very interesting. And of the fact that he does go to Zumba and he's kind of passive and he's kind of you know, not what we uh, not what we would ex- expect. Yeah, not not what the church teaches us is manliness. Yes. Um which is such baloney. Um <laughs> like uh, my husband and I talk about gender roles a lot because I mean, when you're married, there's so many pressures to be the perfect husband or perfect wife. Mm -hmm. Oh, like I'm good with directions and putting furniture together and he's good with interior design (laughs) and choosing coordinating outfits. Like, and that doesn't make him any less of a man or me any less of a woman. Right. Just we're humans and we can... You know, she's she's really carrying the initiator in this relationship. And I'm really encouraged by that because I think a lot of my friends are stuck waiting for this magical guy to pursue them. Oh, um, not stepping out there and, you know, absolutely taking initiative. Oh, that 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 is one thing that I do preach to single women, you know, ask, you know, you know you're asking him to marry you. Ask for a cup right. of coffee. Let's go on a coffee date. Let's get together sometime. Uh, go for it. What's the worst that he can say? No. Uh, and there's no biblical prohibition you're breaking in doing so. Uh, dating was not, uh, was not talked about in the Bible because it didn't exist. Right. And, so, and by the way, the courtship principle that everybody likes to say is biblical. No, no. Uh, <laughs> that, that's not exactly biblical either uh so uh yeah we don't have a i don't think we got a good um definition of what these biblical relationships look like um and we really got to realize that most of the relationships in the bible were formed or defined um by the culture they're in yeah and so and even this scene here uh the the wonderful little sex scene uh right (laughs) And him turning lights off and her turning them back on and all of I know. So opposite of what we're told to expect. And <laughs> that's cracks me up that they that they did include it. Cause I think we forget that men do have body is, uh, image issues. Yes. They're they're not exempt from this. They just don't have as many magazines screaming at them about this. Right. And this is so she one thing she says is I want you to see me and he says oh yeah that's totally awesome I just didn't know if you wanted to see me and she's like what are you talking about of course I want to see you. Um yeah and this is definitely PG-13. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, and we do and try she's... to <laughs> Yeah, we try to warn our viewers uh, on the coming attractions so that they can know, okay, this is, yeah, some things are kid-friendly, some aren't. I don't think we actually see... No. Yeah. So this is actually one of our um, uh, tamer movies in some respects. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately, every movie feels like that we we need to know the particulars. Of everything. Yeah. And then they still get it wrong because I don't care how good the movie is. The sex never looks like it does in the movies. 
Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh yeah, uh, I love the fact that he 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 was okay with just her taking the lead in that situation. Yeah. And I just, I mean, sex out of marriage is something that we talk about in Scandalous a little bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the group Scandalous, of this isn't um, my personal ethic of sexuality, but um, it's, it's, it's a case study for me of what would it look like if a woman like me took the lead just in a relationship in my marriage, like uh-huh. to have that kind of confidence of, no, let's see the lights on. Let's. Let's be comfortable in these good bodies together. Let's not be ashamed. Let's give each other the gift of ourselves in the light and not just in the darkness. And the funny thing was when I was writing Scandalous and even before, as I was just talking to various men um, that I wasn't in relationship with, just, just men, I was getting their opinion. And you know what their favorite naked female, uh, well, I blew the, blew the line there, what their favorite <laughs> female body is? A naked one. <laughs> and, and they, mm, they yeah. <laughs> are, you know, they might say they have a preference, but almost every man, when you get them uh, just to be honest and, and a place where they aren't feeling like they have to uh, impress their buddies, uh, that's kind of what it comes down to. And men really don't care as much about size as we've been led to believe they do, or even yeah. as much as they think they do. And yeah. that I think that's fascinating. Um, but yes, we, we do share that. I, I, I'm totally on board with the sex belongs within marriage. And that's something reserved for, for a husband and wife. If, if that's not your, anybody else's personal conviction, I, I, we get that. Um, but, you know, there, there's reasons why we have these beliefs. And we believe that our faith should shape our behavior. And so... Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, my computer decided to pop up something weird to say. That's okay. So what's going on in the in the movie is Lauren Hutton, the actress, is Lily LeClaire, the grandmother, and she pulls a bottle of Hidden Valley Ranch out of her purse. I love that. Like, <laughs> and just the the groundedness um Yes. That Renee brings um, and connects with the, you know, the namesake of the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also seeing um, Ethan get, being a little insecure and Grant, the brother, being insecure as well. Like, oh, oh. Um, they both are attracted to Renee and who's going to get her? Well, it, and I think that it's so easy to look at somebody else and go, oh, they've got all the advantage and this is why I need to be intimidated by them. and. Nobody has 100% of the advantage in any situation. And I love the, the fact that you see that so clearly with these two guys. And they, they do a good job of very subtly, but very effectively communicating that there. I think it's one of the finer uh, parts of the filmmaking uh, right there. And Lauren Hutton, come on. Grandma is, she's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I love how oblivious Renee is like, please come. <laughs> She's like, I would know if you invited me and you did not invite me. She's <laughs> just so real. Yeah. Oh, and, and 
it's so perfect with the character that she wouldn't get it. Uh, I think if she would have caught onto it, then it wouldn't have it wouldn't have followed through with the character here. And the fact that she's so excited and has no clue as to what she's in for. Sure, I'll just go. And it's going to make a great adventure and I'm going to have a great time. And oh, this is probably the most painful scene of the movie for me right here. Yeah, because she's about to ditch her friends to go with the hot girls to the speakeasy. Yeah. And who hasn't been the girlfriend who got ditched for somebody who was cooler? Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why this movie does work on some level is the fact that we can identify with different points of Amy Schumer's character in here. We can see ourselves in other characters. And maybe not in a totality, you know, but at least bits and pieces that it's like, oh, yeah, I've been there. And just let me be a part of the cool kids once. I've been there and I've been the part. Well, no, I'm just fine sitting here behind, but I wish my friend was with me. Yeah, like she dragged them there. Now she's ditching them. Yeah, and but again, also, we have this part of her that. The, the oblivious thing, she, she sees a little bit. I think she kind of gets that she's hurting her friends by leaving them behind. But there's another part of her that's like, if I just ignore it enough, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And so I'm just going to pretend like everything's okay. Yeah. I mean, she's riding high in this acceptance where she's been left out. And when you get, I mean, it's, it's intoxicating when you find someplace that you feel like you fit and whether you do or not. And that's, that's what this movie hurt me. Like, am I her? Am I the person who's completely oblivious, like sitting here at lunch mm. and not knowing it? Do I, and so that was, I, I've wondered that, but at the same time, when you get that little bit of affirmation, um, it, it is intoxicating. It's a high. And do we, do we hang on to who we really are or do we turn loose of it? So we can just keep riding that high. And I think it's a good question for us to confront occasionally. Oh, so she thinks she's amazing. She's on a grouper date with her friends and she's like, I'm going to use my hotness to. um." But she's already started treating people differently. She has. She. She has completely gone it kind of gone undergone this transformation and not in a good way. And <laughs> the little um uh, little um support for her friend that was extra there. Uh so and these three guys I I don't know any man who would have put up with this and so they are either like exceptionally wonderful guys to come back later and continue you know give the other two friends a chance despite her gosh (laughs) oh she's making it so uncomfortable for everyone and they're like "Mm, we'll be back we're gonna go tell her to leave Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm Oh, you see, yeah, I think I could, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can so see myself doing that in a social situation. Like, 
oh, uh, this is uncomfortable for you. I'm sorry. I did. <laughs> Someone needs to. F- <laughs> Let me tell Oh, them. this. Oh, oh, it just feels like she just doesn't get it. Yeah. She. But I mean, that's the kind of the whole basis kind of, isn't it? With the delusion of her hotness and uh, the fact that. I, the fact that she doesn't realize nothing changed when she fell off the bus, uh, off the bus, uh, off the bike. Uh, <laughs> that's. I mean, bus bike. Yeah, might as well have been a bus. She got knocked in the head. Yeah. And, and that you know, of course, yes, it was always you know the the the, uh, Wizard of Oz. You know, it was right in my own backyard the whole time, and. Her hotness was in her backyard the whole time, no mm-hmm. pun intended. But at the same time, she <laughs> <laughs> she was just not. Um, she she just got caught up in it, and you just want to smack her and go go back to being a good person. And and that's kind of another question I think this movie poses: Can you be hot and be a good person? I mean, that, <laughs> that is, I got, we got to define like, what does it mean mm-hmm. to be hot and what does it mean to be good? So oh, those are the definitions. <laughs> so hot means people want to sleep with you. Then yeah, you could be a good person. <laughs> <laughs> um, does it mean to be, to have the perfect body? Yeah, you can still be a good person. Um, but you know, Jesus gives us pretty clear, um, guidelines for how to orient our lives as, um, loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Um, and so can I maintain my hotness while loving God and loving others as myself? One, I have to accept who I am, um, that I am loved by God, created in his image, that my body is good because he said that, uh, you know, Adam and Eve were good and they had mm-hmm. bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the purpose of my body is um, something is good when it fulfills its purpose. Mm-hmm. So what is the purpose of my body? It's to have a relationship with God and my neighbor. So I can do that in a hot body, but I can also be a jerk in a hot body. <laughs> and uh, some people would argue that it's easier to be a jerk in a hot body than in a large body. Um, or not to put those things as opposite of each other, but, um, if you're not treating others the way you want to be treated, um, in a non-conforming body, then you'd really don't get treated well by anyone. <laughs> if you're, you know, thin and beautiful, uh, according to society standards, you might get away with a lower standard of behavior because people want to be near you because we've created this ideal of thinness as attractiveness well I, I think it goes back to that social currency you were talking about earlier um mm-hmm. that and because i don't see really anyone in the movie uh even the, the the stereotypically pretty people are they're seriously flawed uh yeah uh lauren hutton's character is the only one graham who that you just kind of go okay i'd like to hang out with her uh but the rest of them Grant, bless his heart. I mean, yeah, he's hot, and you you kind of see his uh, 
his angle that he's playing at and that he is playing at life. Nothing serious. And uh, so, you know, he has that flaw. And uh, so I, I think the, the movie kind of kind of pushes us there. But I, I love the emphasis that you're putting on the, um, you know, when we fulfill our purpose. And I think this is one of the things that I see get overlooked time and time again. And, and for me, I think some of it gets lost in, in the creation evolution debate. And we get that whole creation science versus evolutionary science. And we forget that the whole point of the creation story isn't about, you know, whether the Bible's right or wrong or truth or fact or what else. Okay, it's truth. God said so. Um, mm-hmm. it, whether we're talking straight up mechanics or not, I, I don't care. But the point is that he created human beings to be in that relationship. And yeah. that's the ultimate revelation of that story. And he did so by creating beings that look like him. And right. I love the fact if uh, I'm going to nerd out for just a minute. If you go back to Genesis 2 and you compare it to other ancient texts, what you discover very quickly is that this is a temple account. This is the same thing you would read in the building of any ancient temple. And the last thing you put in the temple is an image of the God. And then you mm. ceremonially open the eyes and the mouth and the nose of that image so that the spirit of God, of that God, whatever God it is, could inhabit the image. And, you know, God breathes life into Adam. He does this himself. He doesn't require human hands to do it for him. He does it himself. And so the reason why the Hebrew temples never had an idol was because we don't need an image, an outside image of our God. We have it in ourselves. And it, it, that's not to overinflate the, hu- the position of humanity. It, it's just to say we're that loved by God. And so um, that I, I think we miss that. I, I don't think we see the importance of that, that imaging of God. And yeah. it, it, it blew me away the first time I heard it. Hmm. I mean, there's the dignity that comes with being the crown of creation, um, that human beings, God looks and says, no, you're very good. Yes. Like everything else is awesome, but you're very good. <laughs> and I mean, that's just the first instances of body shame and food blame are just as three. Right? And a ruptured relationship with God leads to body issues mm-hmm. and and leads to shame. And I um I sorry that as we're talking, she just accidentally tells the guy that she has diary. <laughs> talking about body image and shame. <laughs> He's making a move on her. Grant is making a move on her and she's like, I have to go poop. <laughs> Okay, so yes, body image, like body shame and food blame happen when our relationship with God is ruptured, relationship mm-hmm. with each other is ruptured. And so how are those things healed? Through relationship with God and with others. And we cannot do that if we're looking in the mirror obsessed with um, what we look like all the time, because that's a self-focus. Not a God and others as ourselves focus. 
Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Because one of the things, you know, I, I deal with is I have a thyroid disorder. And so mm. um, my level of energy is it, it's limited. And so like going to the gym or anything like that. Yeah, I could do it. I couldn't do anything else that day. Uh, it, it's just not right. happening. And so um, if I were attempting to be obsessed with my weight and size and all of that, these podcasts wouldn't be happening. The The amount of time right. I spend studying wouldn't happening. The, the people I talk to, uh, it, it wouldn't be happening. Now, I, I believe that we need to be taking care of our bodies to a certain degree, but they're, I don't think we're very good at balance as human beings. And so, you know, we don't want to neglect our bodies, but at the same time, when that becomes what rules our world, we have a problem. And I, I yeah. think, and I think that can go, I'm very big on balance and I, I want us all to, to appreciate balance. And so whether we're talking about our bodies ruling our world by, by pampering it to the nth degree and giving it everything at once, or by trying to, um, uh, chastise and rule our flesh until it has no voice then we're, that's another thing you know that can go too far and so we got to find that that position of of loving and honoring our bodies without over elevating our bodies and i don't know many of us yeah. who who do that well uh, and it's it's a constant struggle <laughs> even those of us on the journey and some a lot of days I feel like I have victory and a lot of days I feel like I'm fighting the devil <laughs> for every square inch. Um I want to point out in the movie um Renee has hit her head and she's bleeding and she runs into Mason, the um the guy that she used to share an office mm -hmm. basement office with. And she realizes that her body has, quote, changed back to normal. But he's the one that's there. He's the one that's like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Like, and he's the one who hugs her. And just seeing his large body be the one to comfort her, even when she can't, that, made, mm. that meant a lot to me. So she's fleeing, but the person, the only person she'll let herself be comforted by is a person in a large body. Um, so, and that's bittersweet. And the fact that he's out of the basement and can be there for her, he, he, it's almost like he's yeah. kind of gone through a little transformation of his own there. And yeah, I wonder if there, well, I mean, we know scientifically that we're, we're drawn to people that we feel on a comparable level with and mm -hmm. that we feel, we feel comfortable with that. And so it seems that, you know, at some point she, she forgot how to feel comfortable with the friends and people she knew before because she may have felt better than them. And now she, this is crushing loss of status with this realization. And I love the, <laughs> the I have woke up many a morning, um, that way. Okay. Not with the ramen hanging out of my mouth, but close <laughs> <laughs> and Avery bless her heart she had to do the presentation without uh, 
without Renee there with her. And I I did like the fact that she had to do it. And I almost expected this to be everything as well. And it went great. And yeah. uh, she found her voice and she didn't. <laughs> so I didn't mean that she found her voice, but she, as in the voice was no longer an issue, but she figured out how to use it. So. Right. And she's, she had to do something that was scary for her, which is good. Mm -hmm. And now Ethan's calling her and she doesn't want to see him because she thinks she's ugly. And, um, he wants to see her, but she is so ashamed of her body and doesn't understand that it's purpose. It's goodness is found in relationship. And I don't just mean romantic relationship. I mean, like human relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I remember a day where I was struggling a whole lot with my body image. I was at a work event and um, just felt really out of place as a fat woman. And um, as we were leaving, um, uh, we were in a little fender bender. And I, the, the car behind us had a mom and her five-year-old daughter, maybe not even five, like four years old. And they didn't speak much English and the mom was pregnant. She got rushed to the hospital and the little girl's dad was there when he was dealing with the police. And so I just held her and it didn't matter what size my body was. I was able just to, to be there for her. And it just broke. Like I remember just sitting there with tears in my eyes and like my presence is what makes a difference in this world, no matter what size I am. And I think we need to, if we, we all need to have that moment, that moment where we can look and realize that it really isn't about all the things that we've been taught to value, but that presence really is the most important gift. Um, I have a friend who is a hospice chaplain and she said, I call most of what I do, the ministry of presence that mm, yeah. it, she said that, you know, most of the time she says, I have no answers. I can't go in. And tell them everything's going to be okay. She's the only reason why I'm there is because it's not. And she says all the loss and the grief is going to hit. And all I can do is be with them in the middle of it. And we can all do that. And I think we forget that we all have that power. Yeah, it's true. We do because not only do we carry our physical bodies, like we carry the spirit of God inside of us. Or, you know, we have, we have we've been breathed filled with life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, I, and I think for, it's so odd that we got this really weird wall that God saves us on the spiritual level, but you know, not our bodies. Uh, and I deal with this a lot with people who want to talk about sexual sin. Oh, well, you know, God can't save me from this because really when you boil it down, it's because this sin involved my body. And people cannot believe that God is big enough to to deal with even that. And it, it's crushing. And, yeah. And, but how much do we feed into that when we as Christians, I mean, we host Weight Watchers in the church basement. And oh. uh, we, we have the women's uh, walking club and they all have their weight goals. and. all of this emphasis because we were talking about Adam and Eve uh, just a moment ago and 
one of the things I remember being taught very early on was, well, the first temptation that Eve had was to eat. And so every woman since then has been tempted to eat. Oh, that's so damaging. Mm -hmm. So she is walking into um, a restaurant to see Ethan. Um, Doesn't want him to see her. And he, she's trying to call, he's trying to call her. She's trying to avoid him seeing her, but it's, she's so rude. And I mean, not, she's just so awkward Mm -hmm. and he quite obviously sees her at the bar, (laughs) but because she thinks she looks so different and he's like, um, what are you doing? (laughs) Down the steps. Yeah. Uh, well, and okay. So when I saw this, actually, I was reminded one of the the things that uh, encourage uh, couples to do is to to actually go out, uh, set apart, and see how people respond to your spouse, mm-hmm. and and remember, you know, the fact that hey, you you are married to someone that other people are interested in sometimes. Uh, and not to promote jealousy, but to remind people you need to guard this and you need to be working actively at making sure your spouse feels loved and valued. And so uh, th- this little thing here reminded me, I thought he he's, rem- you know, he's playing into her really weird. And I love the fact it's still Renee dry cleaners on his phone. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he just thinks he he's making her happy. He He's pleasing her uh and playing with this little game that that they're playing and he just does not get it uh just how far <laughs> she is <laughs> you just want to cry for him though yeah but and she's still wearing the necklace come on you're wearing the necklace with your name on it it's I okay know. <laughs> And like they've never defined that they're boyfriend and girlfriend. And she's like, she really thinks that he doesn't recognize her. Yeah. I did not get that at first. I was like, okay, is she going to come around and have this like moment of revelation where she realizes, oh, he is just playing along? But. She, she and then go ahead he's like she's the most beautiful girl in the world but she's heartbroken because she thinks that she's going to disappoint him yeah yeah and yeah she's acting crazy because <laughs> <laughs> and Amy Schumer does a really good job of, of you see all those conflicting emotions of oh he's talking about me but he's not really talking about me me yeah and it's all over her face uh and and i i love the fact that she's able to to get that across uh because i who are we at the core of our being who are we and is it how we look and i I think that's a question we really we're all going to have to ask it at some point um i've got a birthday tomorrow and, uh, you know, 
I, I'm getting some lines I didn't have previously, and I've got some wonderful gray hair that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grandma. I mean, gray hair is a crown achieved by a righteous life, according to the Proverbs. So <laughs> yeah, that was the polite way to say, "Hey, you didn't get killed yet." <laughs> <laughs> oh, this 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 part of the movie just makes me so sad because he loves her and she is rejecting herself and not even giving him a chance, you know, in her mind Mm -hmm. to accept her because she thinks it's completely surface level attraction. Um, How sad. And and like, I see this, I see this with women all the time. I'm he's too good for me. Uh, he's not really interested in me. I just looked really good that night. That's not who I am on a regular basis. And I, I actually... Jeez. See, yeah. Yeah, I talk to women. It's, and- so, it's so hard. I mean, I, sorry to cut you off, no. but I'm just thinking like, I... Oh, gosh. So bef- I've been married to my husband for 10 years coming in June. And um, in those 10 years, I've had a lot of kids... And I've gained over a hundred pounds and that changes the dynamic of a marriage. Mm-hmm. Not, not because he does, he loves me any less. Like we know each other more than we ever have. We love each other, but I mean, the size of your body just changes mechanics, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is, it is so easy for me to be like, well, I'm a different person than who he married. Like, cause that's what we're told. We're told that mm-hmm. deep in, you know, Oprah and her weight loss ads with Weight Watchers is like, underneath all that, that is the real you. No, I <laughs> am me today in my today body. I'm the same Amanda mm-hmm. that I was when my husband married me. I have a lot more life experience and I have a lot more love mm-hmm. to give. And I love myself a lot more, but it, I'm not going to lie and say that it's easy right. and that I don't feel that the changes to my body, whether just through age and childbirth or weight gain apart from that, it's, it's real and it's here. And I'm, I'm having to learn to deal with all that. So. Well, yeah. I, and I think, yeah, because that's, that's kind of where I was even with some of the stuff I was talking. It's, it's making peace with the fact our bodies change. Yeah. They're designed to change. And that's one of the really cool things about them. Uh, is that they're never static. And I think particularly as women, uh, they're never static. We're always in a state of flux. We're always changing. And what a great lesson in love that has to teach us, that we can be loved in the middle of change and that we can be loved through change. And we don't have to be scared of that. And because I think we really are, we kind of have this idea that if we don't somehow freeze ourselves at 17, then oops. Yeah. Nobody's going to love you. And Mm -hmm. thank God we didn't. Well, we idolize youth, right? Mm -hmm. We're, we're so, we idolize youth in all of its aspects, (laughs) like no wrinkles, no gray hair, (laughs) uh, lots of energy, the ability to eat whatever, Oh, now, if I could have the energy, it, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> yes. I could probably take over a third world, world country, which is why God hasn't allowed me to have that much energy. 
<laughs> you know, but in in the weakness, I like to think of my weakness as my tether to Jesus. So mm. if I am if I am super able, it's easy for me to go through my life thinking that I don't need the companionship of Jesus and the suffering. But when I am weak, I have to stay connected to him so that I can be, I can actually just like make it through the day. <laughs> no, that I mean, that's a really good picture. I like that um, because I, I think without it, we would get so arrogant. Uh, you're thinking that we could do everything in our own power uh, and forget how much we really are reliant on him for everything. And, and I, I think one of the things we're so guilty of in the Christian circles is we make this huge separation between our spiritual life and our physical life. And, uh, you know, I think this topic just really drives that home in a way that other topics don't, but we do it, you know, Oh, I need Jesus on Sunday morning, but when I'm ripping off my boss at work, you know, taking home legal pads and pens, uh, cause you know, that's okay. Everybody does it. Yeah. But, we we don't want to include our spiritual side, it, you know, spiritual aspects of who we are in that side of our lives, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. So I think when we are in those places of weakness and we are aware of Him, we're living more in alignment with what He calls us to do, and we're actually, you know, overall, I know I just operate with more integrity uh, because I am yeah. aware of Him, and not just of Him, but who he has called me to be and it does it have something to do with my body absolutely um it's the tool he uses me it uses oh i say try that again it's the tool he has given me <laughs> to express this mm. person but it it's, does not define this person and so i i think sometimes uh we we go we go overboard one way or the other and uh I know with my thyroid stuff, I have to, you know, like I have to watch my energy levels and that's great and what have you. But man, I could just define myself as someone. I, I have hypothyroidism. That's who I am. And mm. that's not who I am. Yeah. That's an aspect. And where are we at in the movie? I kind of got lost there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with good stuff. Um, so they are launching their new Target line, the Diffusion line, but they've hired supermodels um, instead of, quote, real women. And I will note that all women are real women, <laughs> um, no matter their body size. But if you're going to sell to, um, you want to make wise marketing decisions. Um, this is something that I talk about a lot in my activism work. Like there is a huge market of fat <laughs> sell to. It is a wise business decision. So anyway, Renee sees that they're going to market this really poorly. And she's like, no, I am the real woman that you're marketing to. And so she's taking over the um, basically like press conference announcement event. Uh, Mason's yes. helping her. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Her goofy self again, and she's gonna try to. <laughs> <laughs> she's just so goopy, yes. And she, <laughs> she's not gonna be able to break through. 
Yeah. And she's going to try again. I was just the oh first time I saw this. I'm like, no, no, don't do it. Oh, this time, maybe this time. <laughs> but else she's. <laughs> And this is what I do like at the end, you know, by this point, she's realizing this is, this is kind of who I am and this is who I, what I have to work with. And it's not horrible. It's really is. I can do everything I need to do in this body. And she's, she's going to make it work for her and she's probably going to be actually more effective uh, which I think the movie kind of is designed to do is to show how effective she can be as like you said, quote unquote, the real woman. Uh, yeah. But, and she just, I, I love the fact that even though the delusion is gone, fundamentally who she is has not changed. Uh, She's still that little spitfire uh, who's yeah. going to go for what she wants. And yeah, that's, you know, I wish that something we could hammer home more to, to women, uh, anybody really. I, say, I keep going back to women because I work with women, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, go for it. Ask, ask for it. Uh, yeah. You get a 50-50 chance. And right. <laughs> You never know what you can discover and what doors will open if you just take some time to to knock on them. Oh, and here's the moment of just complete realization. Nothing had yeah. ever changed. The fact that she finally realizes it for herself. And she didn't. Man. <laughs> And I just, I can't wait till the part, like, she's realizing, oh my gosh, I've been the same person. My friends, I treated them so poorly, and my boyfriend actually loves me for who I am. And it's like (laughs) the watershed moment of, I've been seen this whole time, but I thought that nobody saw, you know, chubby Renee or however she would describe herself. What a powerful thing to be seen. And I, I think, you know, kind of ultimately, that's really what we all want is, is mm-hmm. to be seen. Yeah. And that is something that um, I write about in my review of this piece for Christ and Pop Culture. I compared this movie to The Greatest Showman and also the story of Hagar mm-hmm. when she is she runs away to the desert and is and she meets God and he's the God who sees and he, he cares for her and provides for her. Like there's a line coming up where Ethan says, I've always seen you. And it just grabbed my heart of when I felt invisible and forgotten, when things have been inaccessible for me, when I've been isolated, Jesus has always been tethered to me there. He's always been with me in that weak place um, when I felt forgotten. That's, so yeah, I love the fact that you're talking about Hagar because we, on Faith and Other Oddities, we uh, are going through Genesis and we talked about that story with Hagar and and it's just it's a great story and it gets so overlooked that this woman who is a uh, she's a foreigner, she's mm-hmm. a slave, and this is the first time that God has appeared to anyone outside of the garden like. 
shows up and speaks. It's to this woman. Wow. And talk about inclusion. Talk about a message of diversity. I mean, any any political term you want to put on it that we use, the culturally relevant term you want to use, it's right there. And you, you have to love it. And the fact that God sees her, and matter of fact, uh, if you listen to Faith and Other Oddities, shameless plug, all of these first plagues, first time that angels appear, first time, any of this, it's all for women in Genesis. It's wow. on the behalf of a woman. So, uh, yeah, we don't get that taught in church very often. And it's just a foreshadowing of what's getting ready to happen. So, and here her boss, her, uh, you know, well-to-do upper crust boss recognizes she might need this woman. Yeah. And our body's purposes are for relationships. <laughs> Even hers. Oh, and... even hers. <laughs> oh, she's going to go see Ethan. <laughs> and I, I may be just a smidge behind you because I love the fact that Grandma oh. does, in fact, it does affirm Avery and who she is. So that, and what, what a blessing to have the elders speak blessing into our lives. And, you know, now that you and I are, going to be joining the ranks of the elders soon uh, <laughs> but to speak blessing into the lives of those in the next generation that's huge and i think that's a privilege that we often neglect and so oh and i love the fact she's like picking her nose while she's making it <laughs> he can see it yes. but how much real does it get than that right there yes <laughs> <laughs> and I do love the fact that he just watches. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. He reminds me so much of my husband. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh. And oh, and he picks it for yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's love, right? If it's not, then I've been married to the wrong man for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it, it, oh, that, goodness. it really is. I think it's one of the really funny things about marriage is we try to present ourselves as so perfect and put together and desirable when we're dating. And then we get married and you live with anyone more than three days and you realize we're not pretty and desirable and put together. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that the movie ended with a Lizzo song. Um, <laughs> Hair toss, check my nails. Um, baby, how you feel? I really have been enjoying Lizzo's music. So that's a shout out for Lizzo. Okay. L-I-Z-Z-O. I'll have to check Lizzo out. I have not, did not realize that. Well, uh, Amanda, I have totally enjoyed this. Uh, yes. You've given me a lot of stuff to think about and some great new ways of framing ideas that I hadn't thought about before. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, the weakness being your tether to Jesus. That's just absolutely brilliant. Um, mm. And I, I'm going to be incorporating that into my own walk. Uh, but before we say goodbye to our listeners, 
why don't you give us, uh, tell us where we can find you and where we can find your book. Yeah. So my book is called Lovely, How I Learned to Embrace the Body God Gave Me. And it's available from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or my publisher, which is Our Sunday Visitor. You can go to osvbookstore.com. And my name is Amanda Martinez Beck. And if you go to my website, you can also find links there, amandamartinezbeck.com. My Twitter is at Amanda M. Beck. My Instagram is Your Body is Good, and it has underscores in between all that. And on my Instagram, I talk about how to advocate for yourself, how to identify questions, um, if you can approach your body with curiosity instead of condemnation, and really just share. I, I do a lot of handwritten notes there. Um, and then Facebook, check out facebook.com slash groups. Um, all bodies are good bodies and uh we'd love to have you there's some questions to answer before you join the group um but it is a great place to be able to ask questions just how to deal with shame and negativity that you feel about your body or how to stand up to someone who's bullying you about your size or your um what you choose to eat i also co-host the fat and faithful podcast and you can get that anywhere you listen to podcasts so Thank That's you so much for having me on tonight. Awesome. Well, I and I, I want to just, you know, as far as the Facebook group, uh, very supportive community and the book is great. I've got a chance to read, uh, read through that. Uh, totally enjoyed it. But for everybody else, if you want to find us uh, more information on the commentarians, you can join us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the commentarians, the at Twitter, the comments pod and at Instagram forward slash the commentarians pod. Uh, all the information is available at ravencreeksc.com, where you can also find links to Faith and Other Oddities and learn more about the hosts on uh, this show and others. And we look forward to talking over your movie next month. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Commentarians Podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecommentarians. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, movies are a reflection of our lives and of other people's lives, and we get to experience them together. Come back to the movies with us. We love sharing them with you.